When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Sage Rosenfels reporting for the Score North from beautiful Grant Park in Chicago, Illinois. Here with Matthew Collar, my co-host. About an hour after the Vikings lost to the Bears, 16-6 to at Soldier Field in a slightly damp, slightly misty, mostly crappy performance by this Minnesota Vikings team. Yeah, and uh, you know what? It is a beautiful park that we are sitting in because we were thrown out of every part of the press box in Soldier Field, which I thought was like apropos. I mean, for kind of how this night went for the Minnesota Vikings, that's how it went for us trying to record a podcast that everywhere we went, they said they were shutting down and that we had to leave. So We, now, we weren't getting many first downs, and we were not moving <laughs> the football uh, trying to get this podcast done. So, no. But here we are. But if we had a fullback, he would have been targeted on this podcast or gotten a lot of airtime on the podcast because the uh, Vikings featured the fullback quite a bit, Sage, but not much else in their offense today. Well, you'd like to say they weren't featuring the fullback, but if you look at the you know stats, it seems like that was the guy they were trying to get the football to. Uh, you know, they really struggled getting the ball down the field. You know, pass protection again was sort of a nightmare. Uh, a couple fumbles, which seemed to happen about every single week for the Minnesota Vikings, and and an offensive performance that was anemic. Did not even score uh, until late in the ball game, uh, and it was one of those classic sort of Kirk Cousins performances where he had a couple fumbles, but you know if you looked at his stats at the end of the game, you know 27 to 36 for 233 with a 91 quarterback rating. You're like, hey, quarterback must have played okay, but was if you watched the football game, he did not play well. And he's not helped by an offensive line that struggles to protect him, but he's also not making that offensive line look any better either. And he, it, listen, we all know they're going against a great, great, a, a very good Bears defense. Let's just say a very good to great Bears defense who was missing two of their two or three of their best players along the interior uh, part of that defensive front. But the offense could not score. We knew they were going to be a struggle to run the football game, to run the football. Uh, but we were hoping that they would have a little bit more. Uh, uh, precision, a little bit more production in the passing game. So in the first iteration of this podcast, uh, I ranted and I called them abysmal on offense, and I went off about Kirk Cousins' inability to ever show up against a good team, ever show up against an elite defense, ever just be there when his teammates need him the most. He has at no point shown any ability to do that since becoming a Minnesota Viking. And I'm sorry, the $28 million per year has to be brought up every time this happens. And since we walked several miles and sat down at this park, I don't feel any differently, Sage. I feel like if you are a Vikings fan and you were told in 2018 that Kirk Cousins was going to take you to the next level, that he was going to turn you into 
the Super Bowl contender that you should have been with Sam Bradford, but Case Keenum took over, and poor Case just couldn't get you over the top. That's what you were told as a Vikings fan on that day. You were not told that this quarterback, every time he faces a tough opponent, every time it's on national TV, every time it's a big game, will act like he has just never played quarterback in the NFL before. I mean, he looked like a rookie in so many different ways today, checking down to the fullback, checking down to Amir Abdullah late in the game when you have Thielen and Diggs, failing to find those two at all. Two catches for Thielen and seven for Diggs, but most of them are in the third and fourth quarter when the game was more or less decided. I mean, I don't know what Vikings fans at this point are supposed to do with Kirk Cousins. Like, there's no excuses left. You can't just say, well, look, it's the offensive line. Well, they've got a second-round right tackle. They've got a first-round center. They have a free agent right guard. I know he was hurt today. They've got a $54 million left tackle. I mean, they've put a lot into the offensive line, and still it's the same problems. It's the same fumbles. It's the same checkdowns. It's the same being late to process and find open receivers. And you and I sitting in the press box, Boy, you can really see it. Well, you, you can you, really see when guys are open. You really, you really can. And there were just three off of the top of my head. Actually, I'm going to say four plays off the top of my head that would have added another 100 to 150 yards of passing for the Vikings today. Uh, early in the ball game, he, miss, he misses Adam Thielen for a long play. Now, it's not easy. That deep corner route, not an easy throw. But the protection was good. Thielen's a great route runner, and if you just give him a chance, he's going to catch the football. If you just leave it, if you just leave it short, he'll probably come down with it. But he overthrows him. Uh, uh, you know, it's one of those beautiful foul balls down the left field line. They go, "Wow, that was a shot!" But it's strike one. All right, and then later on, uh, not long after that, there was a pass, I believe, in the second quarter uh, that they were trying to get the ball to Stephon Diggs, and he had him on a corner route. It was a play action. The Vikings were a little backed up. He gets off it quick. I'm sure he's a little bit worried about protection, but the pocket was good, and he gets the ball to C.J. Ham on the flat, the fullback for you know about a five or six yard gain. Uh, there's another play, a deep in route to Adam Thielen. The, the ball's a little bit behind him, the, allowed the corner to get back into the play to undercut it, uh, and then to knock it down. Uh, and then there was a crossing route on a bootleg. It ended up being a holding penalty. They held Kyle Rudolph, but Irv Smith was wide open for about 15 yards down the field. And if he just gets him the football, who knows what he does with it afterwards? So you know, I'm talking at least 120, if not up to 150, 160 yards of passing left on the field by just uh, uh, bad reads and and and, and throws that. Were inaccurate so let's uh, address the two most important things here which is he didn't play well in a big game and there is tension brewing with this team that I heard about last week and it must be over the top right now and one of those people is with Stefan Diggs so let's start there first with the tension with the wide receivers because Stefan Diggs didn't talk after this game which I think is extremely telling he's the guy that routinely throughout the last two years has gone to the podium when things have gone wrong or stood at his locker and taken responsibility and expressed frustration and and been a voice of the team in Green Bay he was as upset as I've ever seen him after a loss and to not talk I think really says a lot because he has always wanted to be that person you remember in New Orleans last year when Cousins threw the key pick six Stefan Diggs threw his body on the sword and said that was me I stopped on the route when look you're not the one with the football man and Cousins clearly panicked but it didn't matter he was the one that said I stopped on the route that's on me he also even said for the interception in Green Bay 
I should have tried to go up and, and break it up, which it looked like he got pushed and couldn't have actually done that. But still, he is the one that went out there and said that. So to not come out and talk shows to me an extreme level of frustration. Adam Thielen talked for like two or three minutes. Same thing. Well, by Very the way, frustrated. He, he did talk. He did. You know, yes. Sometimes, you know, when I'm saying he talked by not saying anything. Well, oh, yes. And that's, no, you're right. right. That, that's a more than statement. anything. That, that's a bigger statement. A big statement. Than coming out and just giving us the, the regular answers of, you know, I just have to play better and I have right. to do my job. And, you know, we've got a great quarterback and blah, 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 blah. That is a big uh, statement. I totally so, agree. Yeah. So, so the, the, well, you know, silence is the silence is like being mean to somebody that you don't like. You give them the silent treatment. That's pretty much uh, you know, where he's at. And, you know, we know Adam Thielen, you know, he. They're not going to show it. They're going to be professionals. They're going to be do whatever they can to, to stay on a positive note. Uh, but I, I, I heard some people, sort of uh, some, some players in that locker room uh, th this evening, um, you know, one guy I heard him saying, you could talk, he was talking to another player, you were just sort of saying, hey, I'm just going to keep blocking my tail off. I thought I did a pretty good job tonight, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to keep, you know, and it's sort of like, it's it's everyone. You don't want everyone to start to insulate themselves of I'm just going to do my job, right? And not really right. worried about you know everybody see as a else. Team. And uh, and and I've heard that language before, and, it, and it's not good. And listen, I, I talked to some defensive guys. Hey, we held them to 16 points, you know. And they're not going to say we didn't even talk about the offense. Everson I, said we played good. Everson Everson said tonight played good, and the defense did play pretty well. It did perfect. No, we'll get Are to it. Get, there there is another there is a team on the other side of the football. That can also, you know, and, and, and the game is skewed towards the offense. So teams are going to give up a couple touchdowns or, you know, this, that, and the other. Uh, but overall, if you said, hey, we're going to come to Chicago and the defense is going to give up 16 points, I'd take that in a heartbeat. I don't care if Chase Daniel had a good football game. He had under 200 yards passing. Uh, but if you give up under 16 points, you should win a lot of those football games. And so uh, the defense played well. Uh, the, offensive, the offensive line could not run the football. It couldn't pass protect. And we couldn't uh, hit guys who were open. So the offense was was probably abysmal that's probably that's a that's a, probably a word to use well so i asked cousins about a potential issue with not getting the star receivers the ball and consider how good these players are i mean we're talking about 100 catch receivers these are not average players these are top 20 at their position level players and yet not you can't find ways to get them the football and i asked them two questions i said one how can you get them the ball, and, and, and how do you deal with their frustration? And then number two was, do you have to go to shorter passes like John Filippo did last year? Which I know that that's a, a name that would make people freak out a little, but at least he got those guys the football. The first answer was, oh, we just got to win and everybody will be happy. Well, that's wrong, by the way, because they won last week and people were not happy that they didn't get the football at all. These are guys who want to be at the center of why they win and know that they have a lot of talent. And when you have your head coach saying, no, 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 we want to run. And we, I mean, that has got to be so frustrating to hear of, wait a minute, we've driven this offense for years and we've been good and we've been stars and we got us to the NFC Championship game with a good offense and a bad quarterback and you're telling me that we have to run now? I mean, that has to be incredibly agitating to those two guys. And then to do nothing in a big game like this, uh, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine their level of frustration. So for him to say, oh, well, we've got to win. Well, that's definitely not the answer. And the other part of it was, you know what? They do have to get the ball out quicker. And early in the game, it looked like they were trying to do that. And then they went away from it entirely. Well, before the game, uh, you and I were looking at some stats uh, about this Vikings team. And I believe was it Cousins was 37th in the NFL with how long he holds on to the football? Correct. Right now, now teams dead that, last. Now he was holding on to it longer than anyone else in the league. Now teams that use play action and bootleg games, obviously the number is going to be up. You know, Jared Goff was fairly low on that list, I believe, in the 20s. 
But if you look looked at the guys at the top, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, all right, guys are getting out quick and they're winning games. They don't get sacked. They don't get hit. Uh, and, uh, again, you get the ball out, you know. Uh, and that's what Chase Daniel did tonight. He got the ball out quick. He's got a quick release. He knows where he's going with the football. Yep. Uh, he missed a couple throws, but, you know, for the most part, pretty accurate tonight. He got the ball out quick, and he wasn't holding on to it, holding on to it, hold, looking for something. Like, you know, get to your playmakers, get to, get to these guys' hands. And my guess is that's what they're going to have to do is find ways to get the ball in these receivers' hands quicker so they can do something after the catch. Can I tell you how uh, sad it is that we're basically saying, Kirk, just do what Chase Daniel did. I mean, think I about that. I would have taken a Chase Daniel performance think about that. today. Oh, me too. That's you what know? I'm saying is think about that. Think about where this offense is right now for you to be saying, you know, Kirk, you should try what that backup quarterback did for the other team. It's what? Amazing. Well, you know, but see, here's the deal. You know, Chase Daniels learned from Drew Brees. And, you know, Drew Brees is one of these guys. He's, you know, six foot. Not a big guy, you know. I don't know. I don't even think Chase Daniels six foot. But when you're a smaller guy, you can't stay in that pocket forever and just hold on to the ball, hold on to the ball, and then try to run around with like the, he doesn't have the big Aaron Rodgers arm or the you know big Russell Wilson arm where you can run the pocket and really heave it downfield. He is a he's a he's a surgeon. He's in there precision, reading defenses, anticipation, accuracy, and uh, and Chase Daniel did that tonight. So he, you know he played. He was the better quarterback in this football game. Might be the best thing. That happened to the Chicago Bears this year is actually Trubisky getting hurt. And, we'll, I mean, there, there's controversy. And even though they won, I promise oh, you, there's brewing controversy there definitely is. Uh, uh, here. And, you know, because Trubisky had been really been struggling. He'd been lower on the lot of these lists, you know, 30th, 31st QB rating, this, that, and the other. So, for Chase Daniel to come in and play that well against a good defense, against a good defense, at least play winning football. And, you know, again, didn't have amazing stats. We don't have to have amazing stats to play winning football, and that's what the Vikings need their quarterback to do. Well, let me circle back to that. So what's the answer? Because we know that he doesn't. We know that he just simply does not. He does a lot of things that lose you games, and one of them is not get rid of the football, which allows Khalil Mack to come flying around. He got sacked a bunch of times, and you and I, I'm so glad that you and I had a long conversation in the offseason, you know, when we're waiting for football. Hey, Sage, there's a study about quarterbacks. What do you think, my former quarterback friend? And we have got into this thing about how quarterbacks create their own pressure. And I think the Vikings have two decent tackles I don't think that they're great on the interior, but oftentimes if you have decent tackles, your pass protection could be okay, good enough for a quarterback that has good pocket presence and could get the ball out quickly to manage, right? The New England Patriots, and I know it's Brady, but whatever, he gets paid what Kirk Cousins does, but he doesn't have megastar offensive linemen. In fact, they let offensive linemen go in free agency They seem to always have like a center who's undrafted. Right. They yeah. do. Undrafted yeah. rookie playing guys. center in the Super Bowl. Yep. Happens like every other they year. They find guys. So is there any solution here whatsoever? Because Cousins just routinely creates his own pressure. And the answer was, we're going to paint over that with bootlegs because he can move away from the pressure. But when you have teams like the Packers and the Bears, if if bootlegs worked against well, that's everybody, that's is, all they would do. Well, that's the thing is, it, it, the, you know, there's sort of a, a yin and a yang or, you know, for every action, there's equal and opposite reaction. So, you know, when the, when the Vikings can't do the bootleg, it's like, well, okay, run the ball because the defensive ends up field and you have some big gashes in the running game. 
but tonight they had neither. They didn't have the bootleg action, uh, and they didn't have they couldn't run. There was nowhere to run with the you know run the football. So, um, and at this point, my guess is that defenses are you know playing a little bit more you know you know cover two type of stuff. You know, double the wide receivers on the outside, and just you know if they can't run the football like tonight, you know the Vikings have no no chance. And so uh, it's just it's a frustrating situation. We have one year and three quarters of a season left until this contract is over. What's going to happen in that time? $28 million for this year. And then, like, holy cow, if it continues like this, all right, for another 12 games, what are we going to be talking about this offseason? Oh, the draft. You're 100% talking about the draft. But they have a $28 million cap hit. That's incredible. You're talking about first-round draft pick quarterback. If That's you're continues. talking about, right? And if you, just you go eat, seven and to just, nine, yeah, and just eat the twenty-eight million. Well, no, I mean you'd be talking about continuing to keep Cousins, but having the other guy that you were clearly going to turn over to. But here's the problem with that: is, I mean, you have defensive players who are getting older, who are only going to be good for so much longer. Everson Griffin was great again today in the second half, especially dominant, and yet. You know, you're talking about a 31 year old guy who might yeah. not even be here next year. And Harrison Smith hasn't doesn't seem that he's slowed down, but he will. All right, Xavier Rhodes has slowed down. Absolutely, that yep. was again evident tonight. Yep. Uh, so you know, there's there's other issues on the football team. It really feels like you're trying to juggle two things with a winning window and a winning defense and a quarterback who can actually win you games and putting enough around him as well. But you just this isn't 1991 or something. There's free agency. There's salary caps. There's all these things that play into it that make it very difficult to do that. But I got to say, from a front office perspective, I think that they've put about as much around the guy as they possibly could. They've Listen, when I came from Houston to Minnesota in 2009, before Favre showed up, when I went up there, it was because the team had all these pieces. All right, they had a, a really, really good defense. You know, Jared Allen and the, and the whole crew. Uh, they had an offense that had Adrian Peterson. Uh, you know, they had some guys I thought in the, in the passing game that were athletic and you know this that. And, you know, they had Draft and Percy Harvin that year. They had Steve Hutchinson. They had this big offensive line. For me, as a guy who had been a backup, looking to start, looking to find a place that what's my what's the place I want to get traded to, and and have my agent really work that angle. It was to Minnesota because it, my job would have been easier. You know, they had all these pieces, and I and I do feel the Vikings have a lot of pieces. That's why he came here in part. Dalvin Cook is a tremendous running back. Of course, didn't have a great game tonight, but overall, man, I, I love him as this team's running back. And I like Madison as a number two guy. Shoot, I like Mike Boone as their third guy. Irv Smith's even played right. well. They got Irv talent Smith all over Smith looks now. like a guy that, you know, they, need a, uh, they needed a, a speedy, you know, pass-catching, whatever, tight end the pass game that could also block. They found him. They got two of the best receivers in the league, mm-hmm. uh, I believe. Shoot, BC Johnson came in tonight a and balls. did a nice job. He, you know, he didn't play like some rookie that wasn't, uh, you know, ready for the NFL. So uh, there's a lot of good pieces around him, and I and I can't believe that this offense is as bad as what it seems like, what the numbers might say, or whatever. Well, it's really uh, just. I good teams. I think they're better than what uh, what they're what, what the outcome ends up being. Because it's just par for the course and classic for this quarterback. And that's what 500 quarterbacks do. I covered Kyle Orton in Buffalo. It was so absolutely a Kyle Orton type performance here when he would play a good team, he would lose and play poorly, and they would know how to solve him and create 
uh, problems in the pocket for him, and he would turn the ball over, and he would make mistakes. Ryan and get Fitzpatrick is sort of the same Absolutely. way, right? And there's another guy. Yeah, he, he's a guy like at 100%. the end of the day. I mean, he's a, a, a more of a probably more of a starter than a backup over the second half of his career. Yep. But you know, plays well and will light it up in some games, and he'll throw four interceptions the next game. But does enough good things where it's like, well, he does make make some things happen. And with Kirk, it isn't the the interceptions as much as the fumbles. It's the fumbles. It's always the, with fumbles. the fumbles. And you know, you look at his stats in the years past. You know, interceptions are nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Those aren't terrible numbers, you know. But the fumble uh, are. But the fumbles are. The, he has the most fumbles since 2017 in the entire NFL. And what's so here's what's crazy. Once again. The, think of the names that just came out of our faces. I mean, we're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick here. We're talking about Kyle Orton here. Like, this is a $28 million quarterback, and I know that they were put in a tough position with Case Keenum and Bridgewater's knee and yada yada. We've gone over it a million times. But when you walk out of a game like this and you never felt like your quarterback gave you a single chance to win the football game, that you, you have to feel so stuck with this guy right now on a team that is actually very, very good from top to bottom. And I guess my question is, I mean, how is this thing going to play out? Because I watched the Lions go blow for blow with Kansas City, who's a Super Bowl contender. I watched uh, a really good game between Philly and Green Bay. Philly beat Green Bay. They, this team has to play Philly soon. They've already lost to Green Bay. They're 0-2 in the this, NFC this North. This Viking schedule, by the way. It's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, it's – and it's – Going Even into the this season, you, you never thought that Detroit would be as good as they are. You really weren't thinking the Packers would start off with even three and one with a new head coach and, and you know the whole thing. Uh, but here we are. You know the Vikings are you thought one of the best teams in the NFC North, and they're in last place. They're in last place in the in the NFC North, and uh, and they've got some really tough teams on their schedule coming up that aren't in this division, including the Kansas City Chiefs and the Dallas Cowboys. As you go forward, you got to play at Seattle too. Uh, let's talk for a minute here about the way the defense played after Chase Daniel came in, because, you know, I said to you when Mitch Trubisky went down, I said this might be the best thing to happen to the Bears because this. You team, said it immediately. I go, Trubisky's hurt. The you minute go, oh, it happened. Bears the, might have a chance he, now. He rolled around, and I said the Bears have a chance now. <laughs> because the whole week I was watching Mitch Trubisky in his first three games, and I went, like, they're going to kill this guy. Like, they could have won with six points against Mitch Trubisky the so, way he so, had played. So, I again, I watch Trubisky every single week. And what you can really tell with him is he has not sort of mastered the fine art of reading defenses. Right. Understanding coverage. Because when you really have had a million reps, a million throws, a million seven-on-sevens, guys like, you know, like, like Chase – uh, Daniels has had even as a backup you watch all these plays your brain starts the ability to diagnose things faster and where you should go with the football and you start seeing the game at a very very fast you know rate so it actually slows down and Trubisky's still at this point where he's really learning the game and they do a lot of funky stuff so I think there's not a lot of time to truly under to really teach him the fine details of like this type of cover one and this type of zone blitz and, th and these all these things because they do so much with their offense uh, and and Chase though has seen it all again backing up Drew Brees all those years having Sean Payton as a coach he seeing sees things at a very fast rate and again can get the ball out quicker than Trubisky can he's an accurate quarterback he he has a really quick release uh, I was very impressed with him but you know he's one of those guys that might have a terrible game the next game yeah. well oh absolutely that's why he's Chase Daniel mostly a backup or really a backup his whole career and that's fine right but that's fine as a backup but not as a starter. And to start, you got to be a guy that brings it every single week, and you're going to have two or three or four bad games over the course of the season. But the other 12, man, you better play some really good football. And, and the Vikings are 2-2 two and two in basically two games that 
Kirk Cousins didn't have to do anything, and two games where he did have to do stuff, and he didn't come through. I think we went into the game, and I feel like I don't like taking it to this basic of a level when you talk about what a uh, what's going to determine a football game because there's a million things. There's you know schemes and strategies and all these things and individual matchups and we could go all the way down to the to the most minuscule details and I love doing that but realistically it, we knew that the defenses were going to play great and it's Soldier Field and it's misty out great atmosphere seven, for a game I had 17-13 as a somebody's going to win 17-13 because yeah. one of the quarterbacks screws it up at the end basically. even even Vegas but that was exactly it that was exactly it. Is my thought was Mitch Trubisky will throw the ball to the other team. Mitch Trubisky will fumble, which he did on that play that the Vikings got penalized, but where he got hurt. And Chase Daniel came in and said, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make mostly safe throws and every once in a while drop something down the field when I have an opportunity. But think about, in a way, the disrespect for what Kirk Cousins was doing when Matt Nagy got the ball back, and I believe it was a 10-point lead, and he could have said, let's be aggressive. Let's go to the end zone. We know we need to score seven. And instead it's like, no, 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 no. Let's run a couple times, kick another field goal, because this guy ain't scoring two touchdowns. Well, not today. only that, actually, we, we were even talking at the end of the first half that uh, you know they could have been probably aggressive and, and gone for in fourth down. If, it, if they're playing Patrick Mahomes, all right, they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chicago Bears. In that situation, it's fourth and one. You might go, you know, they might go for the end zone because they're going to need touchdowns to beat Patrick Mahomes. But against the, against the Vikings, it was an absolute no-brainer. Yep. Kick the field goal and go into halftime. Absolutely. Because right? that's who you're playing against. You're not going to have to score 25 points to win this football game. So Nagy played a conservative ball game knowing that you know uh, uh, some field goals uh, and, and just keep the ball away from the other team uh, would would be enough. And it was it was definitely plenty enough. Uh, here on a sort of a soggy Sunday afternoon. So there's a bunch of little things that we'll get into as we go along um, tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll be broken down on, on Score North all day long. But I, I have a, a parting question for you here in this beautiful park in Chicago on a wonderful romantic evening that we're having on a park bench. Um, and that is, have teams just figured out Kirk Cousins? And, and let me present my case. Do you remember Mark Bulger? Remember him? Absolutely, yes. Mark Bulger, of course you do. Mark Bulger had a couple of really good West years. Virginia, I Re believe. Like when he he sort of inherited what the Rams had from Kurt Warner. Yeah, he was Mike Martz, came at the end of the Kurt Warner era and still had that that offense. But the offensive line had fallen apart at that point. Orlando Pace was gone. Yep. And he just got the crap beat out of him. Exactly. And teams sort of figured out like this guy, he's gonna hold on to the ball too long and he's gonna take sacks and it's just gonna be a problem. And then he kind of just fell off the cliff. And there's other quarterbacks who you could say this for too. How about, like, John Kitna had some moments. Jeff Blake had some moments. Uh, Trent Green had some really good moments in Kansas City but ultimately proved not to be a great quarterback. David Garrard had some moments but was kind of a 500 guy. The, Elvis Gerback is a guy who signed a big contract with a great team and then disappointed them in that big contract. And I wonder if when the Vikings signed Kirk Cousins, they felt like they were getting, like, the 10th to 12th best quarterback in the league. And then within two years – because of how defenses advance too, but also quarterback play in the league advances, they got the 23rd best quarterback because he's looked a lot more like Derek Carr than he has Matt Stafford. Like those are kind of the the, the, the comparisons that you could make. Today was like a Derek Carr game for Kirk Cousins. I thought he played the same way Derek Carr did for Oakland last week in Minnesota. And if that's what you're getting at this price tag because 
quarterbacks have advanced and defenses have advanced, but he hasn't, then this year and next year are going to be extremely difficult to win anything. Well, and what's interesting to me is you look back, uh, and you know, Kirk early in his career drafted as a fourth round pick, same year as RG three. Uh, he was sort of an afterthought. It was sort of a head scratcher, like, huh? They drafted a guy, they moved up, they gave all this couple first rounders up, got RG three, and then they also drafted quarterback in the fourth round. But you know, Kyle Shanahan really liked him. Uh, you know, coming out of college, he loved his accuracy and the way he went through his progressions and this, that, and the other. And and he didn't play early, but when he did play, he played really well, and he played extremely well. Uh, and then and then Shanahan's all got fired, and then he sort of carried on and got the franchise tag for a couple years and, and the whole thing. And again, you know, I, I don't follow Washington that close in every single game. You know, I'm, I'm watching the Vikings. I'm watching obviously the Sunday night football, Monday night football. Washington hasn't been that good, so they're not even on prime time that much. But you look at his stats, and you would say, huh, he actually had a pretty good game or whatever. And you know, so your you know, your overall feeling isn't isn't that bad. Um, so then, the, you know, when he's a free agent and the Vikings badly need a quarterback and everyone knew they, it was basically the Vikings and the Jets needed quarterbacks badly. And they chased him, went after him and they got him. And then they had to pay a hefty price tag for him. But at the end of the day, were those stats sort of these empty stats, as we like to say, you know, uh, you know, there was a third and thirty five tonight. All right. Got one 12. completion, 12 yards. At the end of the day, that, that's a one for one for 12 yards, 12 yards per attempt. Not bad. Pretty dang good. completion percentage. Right? Helps your completion percentage. But it's sort of an empty stat because it doesn't matter because it's third and 35. They had a second and 18 that he threw a 15-yard uh, out to that I, for some reason I thought was third down. I was like, ah, oh, sort of a worthless completion, you know, on, on a second super long. Let's stay out of second 18s. Let's stay out of third. And, there's another third and 18 at the end of the ball game. They had a, one, two of their last third downs were third and 18 and third and 35. You, you, you can't be in those situations. Uh, and, uh, and you definitely can't with a quarterback who truly cannot run around. No, he, not at he all. He is – I thought Joe Flacco might be like the slowest or Tom Brady the slowest of the – Kirk is, I think. He, he truly cannot run outside the pocket and make very many positive plays happen. They rarely occur. And, again, on that one bootleg tonight where Irv Smith was open, he had him open. I don't know why he didn't throw it to him. He just hesitated a little bit, and by that time uh, he's going to be covered. And so um, it, it's, a, it's a real – it's a real issue. Like we're, not, we're not trying to make things up. We're not trying to make the situation bigger than it is. Uh, we, we only can imagine the people that are flying back on that airplane tonight, how they feel uh, about the, 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 the guy who's trying to make this machine go, the point guard of this offense, because uh, they came to Chicago Day in really good throwing conditions, really good, uh, you know, 65 degrees, no wind. No deflated football. Really actually pretty dry. And, uh, and they scored six points, and that wasn't until the end of the yeah. football game. Well, uh, that's where we're at because I feel like last year we had answers. We had John Filippo needs to do this and that and the other thing, and I wouldn't take those things back. And I thought in training camp they did a lot of things that were very smart. But when the quarterback seems to feel the pressure and then create his own pressure, feel the outside pressure, feel the pressure of people looking at him and saying, you're the reason we're not winning, and then he seems to play worse because of that, in every time they have one of these big games, that is the result you get from Kirk Cousins, and it just builds on itself and builds on itself and it builds on itself. And where it might have changed 
is when the plucky underdog thing disappeared. The moment the guy took a $28 million contract, you're not an underdog to anyone, and Minnesota Vikings fans did not accept him right away. They didn't say, oh, yeah, you're our guy, because they wanted Teddy. I mean, there were more Teddy jerseys at camp than there were Kirk Cousins jerseys, and that really tells you something. They wanted the guy to be a hired gun, to come in to just win games and whatever. We don't even need to like you. And I think that he's felt that pressure. I think in Washington he did play better at times than he's played as a Minnesota Viking, but largely because it was always, hey, Cousins is showing them that they were wrong there. Well, now that's kind of gone. Well, too much is given, much is expected. Spider-Man. And uh, we all expect a lot of a quarterback. We expect a lot of a backup quarterback for how minimal reps, and we expect them to play well, and we expect them to win half their games right uh, but we expect a lot from a starter who got a huge contract and uh, and you know if he doesn't play better I don't know how many wins the Vikings are going to get this year I mean is that number six there's way too many big games there's a lot in this division uh, if he plays like that or if he plays like he played in Green Bay two weeks ago uh, that number might be six I, I don't know and I, and I hate to you know, look too far ahead, and I always like to say the season is a marathon, and, you know, week 17 games they don't really think about are actually just as important as a week one game that everyone cares about. Yep. At the end of the day, it's one game. Yep. Uh, so we'll see what, what that number is when they add it all up at the end of the year. But if he plays like this and like he did in week two, uh, when they have to throw the ball 35 times, which most NFL quarterbacks are throwing the ball over oh, 30 sure. times. Absolutely. You don't win usually with 21 attempts and 10 attempts. We knew this was going to happen. We knew they were going to shut down the So run. he's going to have to throw the ball 30 or 35 times a game. And if he plays like week two and week four, uh, that number is going to be very low at the end of the season, and uh, and people are going to be very upset. And uh, uh, it, it's disappointing because, again, as we talked about, this team is in the, the prime of many of these guys' career or even on the second half of that, right? I, who knows how how long Harrison Smith will play at this high of a level yep. or that Everson will play at this high of a level or Daniil Hunter, right? I mean, guys get old fast in the NFL. You play four, five, six seasons, that body starts to go. We see we, we, we see with Xavier Rhodes right now. Mm-hmm. He does not have the burst. He does not have, not have that, like, spring in his step of a 22-year-old, you know, rookie. Uh, so this defense is aging. They've got some young guys they replaced him with. I think, I, you know, the draft picks look good. Again, I, I like Irv Smith. I think Bradbury does okay in the running game usually, but he's got to play better. Uh, but they, the, the guy at the helm is not make, helping this team win football games when this team is built to win right now. Yeah, and if there were obvious things that I could point to and say, okay, well, if they just do this, then he'll come through in big games or something like that then I I would be able to come on and give you reason to believe that that could happen. And I keep thinking to myself just sort of a regression to the mean mindset of, well, eventually the guy has to do it, right? But he really doesn't. I mean, if that's a thing that is in his head and not only that, but opposing teams know how to shut him down, then no, he doesn't ever have to prove us wrong. He does, And we have such a huge sample now of him not doing it. I've got a question going forward, though. I mean, do the Vikings continue next week, the following week, the weekend after, playing it close to the vest? Do they continue to first down, run the ball, try to get two or three yards, try to get a, a positive play, try to stay out of third and long situations, you know, just go ahead and punt, and we're just going to play this beat them up, slow, you know, uh, low-scoring style? I don't or, think I mean, they can do that. I mean, y- y- they can't, right? They have to throw I mean, that, to these two you, receivers. You, you will pull your hair out yeah. if you're some of these wide receivers because, again – I put 
the 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 offensive weapons that the Vikings have up against a lot of other teams. Totally in the agree. ESPN Re- had them top five. Right, receivers. Uh, you know, two tight ends. Uh, in I, again, I like I love their running backs. They have weapons. Um, the, you know, there, there's teams out there that don't have one receiver as good as either the Vikings' two top receivers. I don't think uh, the they Bears don't have do. a tight end that can you know stretch the field and a and a running back that can take any run to the house 80, 90 yards. Most teams don't have that on their football team. The Vikings have weapons at all the all the uh, skill positions on offense, and and they're not they're not producing because the ball is not getting to them. Mm-hmm. You're right. Well, and that is the story of tonight. So. Um, that's where we're at, and we will be back uh, on Monday, as always, to break it down, and on Wednesday. And I think this week, Thielen and Diggs better get some catches, and they better get a blowout win, or we're talking about mutiny in the locker room. We're talking about schisms. We're talking about this thing going sideways. Well, I mean, we're not, we're not going to see most of it. I, I think, that, I again, everyone will be professional, yep. uh, but frustration is, is hard to hide yep. uh, in the locker room, especially we when you say We saw from nothing. Diggs on the sideline today. He had to be calmed down by Rhodes and Rudolph. So that's building. All right, uh, Sage, this was wonderful to have you here in Chicago. And I can confirm this to everyone, that you can also do the Tony Romo where you read the defense. I sat next to you for the whole game. We read the defense, and then you were saying, oh, they're going to run a draw here. They ran the draw. They're going to run a fade here. They ran the fade. Uh, You can do it. You proved yourself. Not that I ever doubted you, but it can be done. So I could see why you weren't as impressed by Tony Romo. It's Well, you know. It's it's the one thing that uh, that I guess I know a lot about, or at one point in time I used to know a lot about. So I studied it for a long time. How about mm-hmm. that? Had a lot of good coaches. So uh, yeah, I, I drive people crazy when I sit next to them and say, <laughs> "Run to the left, run to the right, gonna be a pass." But, no, I, but I, enjoy, uh, when, I enjoyed that. But I when you're up in the great. booth, it, when you're up in the booth, it's amazing what you can see yeah. from a, a, a sort of a schematic standpoint. Uh, that you can't see on the sidelines. Yeah, I thought that was great, and great having you here in Chicago. I hope we can do it again on the road and get our journeyman correspondent out there again sometime soon. So thank you all for listening, and I'm sorry about how this all went for you. <laughs> I mean, what a what a ruiner of a Sunday, especially those poor people who flew to Chicago. I mean, there were a bunch of Vikings fans on my flight, like, sorry, guys, that was a waste of a plane ticket. And, um, and it, was just do, a, it was just sort of a... Uh, boring game. No, it, it wasn't was, even good. There, it there, wasn't it even was a, a good just a game bad loss. football game. It was a game that you have no interest in watching ever again. Yeah, exactly. All right, Sage, great stuff, and we will talk to you all soon. Thank you for listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 3. It was my first time traveling alone. Packed my car with hiking boots, a camera, and my dog, Randy. I don't know what I was searching for. Maybe it was something new with adventure. Maybe it was the idea of vacation I would never expect, filled with wildlife, national parks, rivers. Whatever it was I set out to find, it was all there and more. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.